Hello, this is Magenta Giraffes with me, Simona Roy, recording this on November 1st, 2022. Hello, everyone. Um, I am two days late in uh, recording. I should have been recording on October 30th, but it is November 1st, so um, sorry, I guess. I didn't even think I was going to be able to make it to recording today. Um, I don't know if you can tell by the raspiness of my voice, but I have been through quite a lot. Um, I don't know how long this episode's going to be. It's just, it, it, I'm, st- I'm, I'm not myself right now. I'll tell you that. So today I had a routine endoscopy and, um, and what that is, is they put you under, it's called a twilight anesthesia. So you're not like fully anesthesiaed. I guess. Um, It's light. And they go in and they look inside your stomach. Now, the reason why I had this scheduled is because I've been having some heartburn. And then I've also had the sensation in my throat where there's less space in it. And I'd gone to an ENT like, I don't know, last year, and they just put me on this heartburn medication, which didn't really totally solve the problem. Sometimes I had the sensation that there was less space in my throat. Sometimes I didn't. (laughs) I don't think that the medication did much. But then I started developing heartburn or no, what happened was I decided to go off of this medication because I like read that you're not supposed to stay on it very long. And I just kept self-medicating and I was like, oh my God, all right, I better get off of this. And as soon as I got off of it, I started developing heartburn. Um, And so then I went to a gastroenterologist and she basically was like, well, I can't do anything until I look inside and see what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, but can't you just give me a pill? And she's like, no. So we had scheduled the endoscopy, which again is going down your throat and looking in your stomach and seeing what's going on. So you have to fast before um, you do this procedure. So the procedure was at 2.30 p.m. today. And so I stopped eating at like 10 p.m. last night. So it's plenty of hours of fasting. And then you're all, I was also supposed to stop drinking liquids at like 8.30 a.m. today. And I just didn't drink anything because I woke up at 9.30, okay? So I didn't have any liquids today. And I hadn't eaten anything since 10 p.m. yesterday. And um, oh my God, it's just, it's just too much. And I'm also like obviously still drowsy from the medications that I was on, this, these anesthesia things. So I'm really like I'm drowsy and loopy and my throat is also like scratchy because, you know, it's invasive. But basically, the result of this endoscopy is that I have to do it again um, because I started this new medication and unbeknownst to me, it ends up keeping food in your stomach longer Um Then normal to give you a fuller feel. I don't know, whatever. So I'm on this medication, which I didn't know was keeping food in my stomach. And so basically they go in and they look and um, they can't see anything because my stomach is filled with food, quote unquote. (laughs) I mean, isn't that just fucking wild? That's the quote that I got. My stomach was filled with food. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I I told you I'm loopy today. So I've been fasting forever. Well, you know what was the curious thing today as I was, you know, just hanging out, um, doing nothing, waiting for this appointment at my house. Um, Well, and then, you know, I left to the appointment, but like basically I had nothing to do today. I took a sick day and um, I was just chilling. And I was like, you know, I kind of want a coffee, but I'm not like, I don't feel the hunger pains that I would feel regularly. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm just like, I have a lot of willpower. <laughs> like that's, I thought that my willpower stopped my physical symptoms of hunger. <laughs> I just was like, oh, this is great. Like I'm not starving. How awesome. I thought I would be starving by now. But um, unbeknownst to me, it was just the medication. <laughs> um, so where was I? Uh, okay, so yeah, the endoscopy I have to do again because it was a total fail and because my stomach was, quote, filled with food. And then prior to even getting in this like OR procedure room, um, I had a vasovagal episode and I did not know what that was until today. Um, basically, I think, and I'm not Googling this and I'm not a medical doctor, but what I could surmise from the situation um, is that I basically almost fainted. That's what a vasovagal episode is. So this the nurse who was nice, um, but like it didn't seem she wasn't like savvy. She wasn't like a seasoned nurse that like RN that's been doing this her whole life. Okay. So I like, you know, the nurse was fine, but I was like, Meh, you know, okay, so I'll say that. But she was fine. Um, so she puts the IV in my hand and um, I get blood work done pretty regularly. So I always look away like I don't like looking at blood and stuff, but I don't faint, you know, but she put the IV in my hand and it hurt where and I'm pretty stoic, if you could believe it or not. But in medical situations, I'm pretty stoic and also salon situations. I'm stoic as well. Like, I mean, I've gotten some severe waxings. So and I haven't ever screamed out. Um, so anyways, I'm pretty stoic. But when she put the IV in my hand, I was like, ooh, ooh, like it hurt and it burned. And it's not a fun feeling to have an IV in your hand because you're like, feel like you can't move it. Then you feel the needle and it hurts. And it's a very icky feeling. So I was trying to like do some deep breathing to calm my anxiety for, you know, of having this IV in my hand. Um, and then so she puts it in and she tapes it up and then close it. She's like, okay, I'm going to shut this curtain. And I'm like, cool. And then I'm sitting there and I start feeling very weird. And I'm like, am I having a panic attack? This is just your anxiety, Simona. You just need to calm down. So I'm trying to calm down. I'm trying to do de these deep breathings. And then I start to feel like, and I've been sitting, I have not moved at all, but I start to feel like faint. Like I just got up very quickly. Like that's how I felt. Like, you know, when you get up really quickly, you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to fall over. That's how I was feeling. And I just was sitting. Uh, nothing was happening. Um, and 
And then my vision started going black in the corners. Like it started shrinking. And I was like, oh man, oh man, I'm going to pass out. Like, or really, I just felt like, what's going on? I feel like I'm going to die. That's really what it feels like. Um, So I could hardly speak. And I just said, excuse me, excuse me. (laughs) Like I was just, I could hardly make a sound like all of this. And you know how COVID cautious I am. I had to take down my mask from my mouth because I just like, I couldn't breathe. Um, And then another nurse heard me and she immediately came in and saw me and she like went to work. She's like, you're okay. We're going to get you fixed up. And she just like, you know, um, like I was sitting, so she made me prostrate, right? Like laying down, not to confuse it with prostate, prostrate. And, um, so she laid me down and then brought up, like had the IV flowing more heavily so I could get more fluids in me. And then she put oxygen in my nose. Um, and, and also, as I was feeling faint, I started getting a whole body cold sweat around me. Like I was drenched in a matter of seconds. And I just didn't understand what the fuck was happening. And I was alone. You know, my dad was in the parking lot. He didn't even come into the um, surgical center with me because you're not allowed because in this COVID world, um, not like he would have been able to do anything, but. It was a really, really, really scary moment. And so, um, you know, and then they were looking at my blood pressure and my blood pressure was coming up. And uh, I guess it just, you know, the reason why you faint is because it plummets. Um, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> but I'm guessing that's what happened. And it was just from the IV. And, you know, they said that maybe that happened because I just didn't have any fluids in me. Yet I had a stomach full of food, apparently. Um, (laughs) but I was, I was, um, I was terrified and I, all I could think about, you know, like, here's the thing. I, I used to not be nervous in any sort of medical setting, but with everything that happened with my mother and, um, everything that's happened with, you know, friends of mine and the medical community, not, uh, taking their, their symptoms seriously. Um, I have I have a lot of distrust of the medical community these days, and you know how strong of an advocate I am of vaccines. And my parents are and were physicians. You know, it's it's I grew up with it, and I I've always really trusted doctors. But I think you know I have a lot of questions about the care that my mom received and. You know, my dad was there every day, thank God. And because he was a, he is a doctor, I think he got a lot of, a lot more um, information than the average person. But the fact is, is that we all have to very much like be advocates of our own health and our health care in this country. And I mean, I think in other countries as well, but um I don't know. I've just had so many like experiences and friends experiences where it's just like, you know, if you're not fighting for yourself and you're not asking the questions and then a lot of the things can be just, you know, ignored. 
And not to say that any of that happened in this situation, but it brings in another level of anxiety for me now when I'm in these medical situations. And I, you know, I can't help but like when I was alone in this kind of waiting, waiting surgical area, I I mean, I couldn't help but think about my mom and how alone she must have been in the hospital. And yes, my dad was there most of the time, but uh, it just, it really, really breaks my heart. And it was so painful for me to put the fucking IV in my hand and to think of all of the the stuff that they pumped her with, the steroids and how her hands are so swollen when I saw her. And I don't know. I don't know how things could be different. You know, it's not like she had cancer and she died in a hospital and she had all of her mental faculties. You know, it's not the same situation. Um, you know, it's not like we could have just brought her back and because and had her roam around the house and hurt herself. You know, it's I don't know what the solution would have been, but whenever I'm in a hospital or a hospital like place, I just think about her and I feel so I feel so sad. And I don't know how how else to not feel, you know? But so when I was alone and thinking that I was, literally, I thought that I was dying. And, you know, I thought about her and I wish she was with me and not like she could have been with me in, in, in that room. But she's the one who took me to all these, um, you know, growing up, she'd be the one taking me to doctors and way past growing up, she'd still be taking me to doctors and being at every doctor's appointment in my early 20s. And then at some point I was like, you don't have to come with me anymore. <laughs> like I can do it. It was a lot today. It was traumatic, you know, from having this episode of the blood pressure for no reason. And I just like, I didn't know what was happening. And I was totally alone as everybody else is there. And then, you know, being put under this twilight anesthesia. um, And then it was not a comfortable feeling too. I will tell you that like, once they started pumping the, the anesthesia into the IV, I it felt very uncomfortable. It felt like this weird burning, drowning, like that started from my chest and then rose up to my neck. And then all of a sudden I was out and then I woke up and then they were like, we couldn't do anything. <laughs> so what a fucking waste. And I am loopy and I'm drowsy and then I have to go to work tomorrow. And it's just like, ugh, what is life? A uh, funny thing <laughs> I have to mention this. The the nurse that I thought was meh, like she seemed fine, but obviously the lady who, the nurse who took care of me was like seasoned and like did it very quickly and was like, blah, 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 like quick, quick and um kind and soothing. And I just like felt like, oh, this lady knows what she's doing and she's going to take care of me. And so, you know, hats off to a great nurse. Um, but, so that you, they have to do pregnancy tests on women, I guess. And so I was like, I, you know, she's like, you're going to have to do urine, you know, sample. And I'm like, I already peed 
at home. And she's like, well, you got to give me a drop. I'm like, and I hate, I hate, I hate peeing in cups. I don't know about you, but that gives me so much anxiety. And I literally have to calm my mind and soothe myself in order to pee in a cup. It, I hate it. It's not easy for me. And um, I hate it. So anyway, so that in and of itself is always uh, stokes my anxiety. So I'm like, great, I'm going to have to pee in this stupid cup. And so I get a couple of drops in, great. But before I go in, I'm like, look, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and she's the nurse, the meh nurse was like, just give me a couple of drops. And I'm like, okay, I'll try. But I'm like, listen, I haven't had sex in three years. So <laughs> this is not possible. Like I'm not going to be pregnant. And I just was like, I, I literally said that to her. I'm like, listen, I haven't had sex in three years, so I'm not going to be pregnant. There's no way. And if it happens, it's an absolute miracle. And she's like, oh, okay. So then, um, so I be, I give her a couple of drops <laughs> and, um, and then like a little while later, she, the pregnancy test comes back and she said, it's positive. (laughs) That's me slapping my leg because it was a really good laugh. I I thought that was very funny and we both laughed and um, I don't know. That was, that was the funniest part of this whole endoscopy situation. Um, (laughs) I thought I would share that. Uh, So that was my trauma of today. Um, what can I tell you? Like, this has nothing to do with spirituality signs. I mean, I missed my mom so much and I wish she was with me um, because I felt so terrified and alone in that situation. And I know that she wouldn't have been able to be with me physically there if she was still alive. But um, I think in moments of fear, I'm always going to want my mom to take care of me. That's just a fact. Um, And I guess as far as (laughs) signs are concerned, this very strange thing has been happening. Whenever I hang out with um, my friend Mel and her boyfriend Bill, um, and we usually hang out outdoors because of our COVID cautiousness, we are attacked by a bee. Like, I mean, it's not really attacking us. It's never stung us. But like the last three or four times when we've been hanging out outside, a bee will show up. And it's now November. And we went to lunch on Saturday, so the 29th. And a bee came around. And I was just like, are you serious? Are you actually serious? And Mel is like, this only happens when you're around because her and Bill are always doing outdoor things and stuff. Um, but you add me to the mix and a bee shows up. So I really, you know, and I, I mean, look, I know that the the bees are really important environmentally and I have not killed a bee. Okay. I will just say that, but I don't need a bee to be around every time I'm hanging out outside at the suburb in the suburbs. Like it's not something that I need. And also it's now, you know, it is autumn. It, it's it's fall and granted it's unseasonably warm because of global warming, but I just don't need a bee around me. But I've been thinking that I think that now this is a sign for mom um, because this bee is persistent and it's always around me and this bee almost got into my eye on Saturday like we were face to face. 
Um, and I quickly turned my head because I'm like, I don't need this bee to be stuck in my eyelashes. Okay, that's how close it was. Um, but it's it's like it's uncanny and it's happened so many times now. So, you know, I said to Mel, I'm like, yeah, this bee is very annoying, but I think I'm going to reframe this. I think that this is my mom. But I said out loud at right there at the table, I was like, mom, this is not the way to go about this. <laughs> like, this really isn't. Um, so whether the bee is my mom sending a sign or not, the bee or not the bee, <laughs> that is the question. Um, I don't know. But I don't know what else it is because it is very eerie, this whole bee situation. So I, as far as signs go, I don't know. Like, time will tell. I mean, let's see if December 1st it rolls around and a bee pops by. I, I don't know what to tell you. Now, look, I also wear a perfume called Bee <laughs> by Ellis Brooklyn, and that's B-E-E, like a like a bee, buzz, buzz, bee. Um, but I don't think that that perfume is attracting the bee. And also, it's only when I'm with Mel and Bill that bees show up. I mean, I've been doing outdoor things with other people. So it's a weird combo of like the trifecta of our energies where my mom sends this bee as a messenger. I don't know. I have no idea what's happening. Again, loopy because of the drugs they put me on, but I got an episode out this week. <sighs> you know, all I'll say is if you're going to do an endoscopy, make sure there's no food in your stomach. And I don't know how you're supposed to do that prior because it's not like you're looking inside of yourself with a camera, but you don't want to go through what I went through. Okay. So I will just end it with a uh, bye. <laughs>